0: Hey, it's Cole talking. Thanks for coming back for another episode. This podcast is built around the idea of helping us open our hands so that we can embrace depth and a life of creativity. Over the next four episodes, we're going to be talking about the economy. And I'm by no means an expert in the field, but I think that we can look at some ideas that maybe we take for granted or things we haven't thought. thought about around the economy and open up our minds and our thoughts to a new level of depth around the economic realities we find ourselves in every day. Today we're going to be talking about the foundations of capitalism. Uh, Tomorrow we'll be talking about the effects of technology on our economy. After that, we'll be talking about the plight of the worker and some of the things that may be changing over the next couple decades. And then we'll look at some possible solutions in the fourth episode of this series. When it comes to capitalism, which we'll be talking about today, I uh, have certainly been a beneficiary of the system. First of all, I can buy inexpensive goods pretty much anywhere I want to go to buy them, whether it's on the internet or a big box store or just down the street. I have experienced the benefit of being able to kind of buy whatever I want whenever I want to buy it. Uh, my first fi- foray as a businessman in the capitalist economy, I think, was several years ago when those silicone wristbands were just coming into popularity. Uh, first, I guess, made popular by the Live Strong campaign, those yellow wristbands that people wore for a while. And I thought, huh, I wonder if there's an opportunity for some extra income here. So I found a manufacturer in China who made those wristbands and I thought, what are some of the most popular brands or teams or things that have a following in the world? And I thought about soccer in the UK, thought about Manchester United, who was really the only soccer team that I knew of at the time. And I thought, huh. I wonder if I have this company in China make red silicone wristbands and just print the name Manchester on them. There's no copyright infringement. It's just the name of a city. And so I tried it. I had this company make several thousand of those wristbands for me at 26 cents a piece delivered to my door a couple weeks later. And then I started putting them on the eBay UK website a couple at a time and people would bid on them. The one that bid up the most was forty U.S. dollars. So this twenty-six cent product, I sold one for forty U.S. dollars. The average was probably about ten or fifteen U.S. dollars. And after a few months, uh, the the fad faded. And some other players kind of saw what I was doing, I guess, and entered into the market and it started driving the prices down. And so it wasn't worth it to me anymore. But over the course of those few months, thanks to technology and, you know, the capitalist ideal, I made about $15,000 selling red silicone wristbands. Along the way, I got a cease and desist letter from Manchester United that I kind of laughed about because... All I was doing was selling a red wristband with the word Manchester on it. Not illegal. So it was all in all a pretty safe and uh, easy, quick scheme to make some money. So I've experienced capitalism for sure. Um, And one of the things I want to start out with as we talk about this idea of capitalism is that there are really great people in the business world who are doing really wonderful things, and they're rethinking systems, they care for their employees, they care about the environment. And so I don't want to paint capitalism or corporations in this kind of monotone light of saying that they're all bad, or that capitalism is a bad system, or everything about it is evil. I think just as with any system, there are good people And there are bad people, there are selfless people, and there are selfish people that are part of the capitalist system. So I just want to acknowledge that certainly there are great companies and there are great people doing business who care for people and contribute back to their lives in some really significant ways. But there are also some underlying ideas that are built into capitalism that kind of lead us in the direction of taking advantage of people and taking advantage of the environment. And the first one of those ideas that I want to talk about is that as companies grow, they separate shareholders from workers. So shareholders are the people who buy into the company, who essentially own the company, and that the C-level employees, the CEO, the CFO, are answering to those shareholders if they're a publicly traded company. And those shareholders are interested in one thing, profit. How much money are you making me on my investment? And those shareholders, for the most part, are not involved in the day-to-day operations of the business. They're not concerned with the workforce. They're not necessarily uh, knowledgeable of where the goods come from or how those goods are manufactured. They're simply wondering, how much money are you making me on my investment? I found out recently uh, some information, some interesting information about the for-profit prison system here in the U.S., and actually throughout the world, there are several uh, countries throughout the world who have for-profit prison systems. And I was listening to this podcast that was talking about a specific prison uh, somewhere here in the U.S. and some of the things that they had done while they existed and eventually got shut down and how they mistreated people. And at the end of that podcast episode that I was listening to, this uh, reporter talked about how there are a lot of investment plans, a lot of retirement plans that actually hold stock in these four prison publicly traded companies. And they named several uh, retirement plan companies, managers, and uh, the, one of the ones they named was mine. And they said, if you have a retirement account with one of these companies, chances are you probably hold some stock in these for-profit prison systems. And I started thinking about it, realizing that you know one of the reasons I have somebody managing my retirement account is so I don't have to think about it. And as a result, I'm investing in companies that I know little to nothing about. Chances are I don't know their names. Chances are the mutual funds that I have my retirement money in, I don't even know the companies that they're investing in. I don't know what those companies do. I don't know how those companies operate, how they treat their employees or how they manufacture their, their goods or how they execute their services. What I'm interested in is when my Retirement count account report goes online every month. I want to see the the line higher up in the black, indicating to me that the companies that uh, the people who are managing my money are investing in are profitable. And for me, I'm completely separated from the realities, the day to day realities of most of those companies. And so we have companies who are concerned with making profit for their shareholders. All the while, a lot of those shareholders don't know how those companies are making that profit. And so, what we see in the capitalist system is that shareholders, the people that corporations are answering to if they're publicly traded, are completely separated from the day to day operations of those companies. And therefore, there is no oversight on how workers are treated or how companies do what they do, whether or not it's ethical. The only thing that those shareholders care about is whether or not that black line on their investments is ascending. I think it's something that we need to think about. What do we do about that? The next thing I think we see in this idea of the foundation of capitalism being profit is that increased profit stems from lower cost of labor and goods. If you watch the show Shark Tank, this is part of every single pitch The sharks will ask, one of the very first questions the sharks will ask is, how much does it cost for you to make and how much can you sell it for? Because that's the bottom line. How much money are you making every time you sell one of these things? How much profit can you make me? And that'll stem from a lower cost of goods, how much does it cost you to make, and a higher profit margin, how much can you sell it for? And these are good people, I'm assuming. Most of the people who come on the show, most of the sharks seem like good people. But at the end of the day, the thing that we're taught to ask in our current economic reality is how much profit can you make? And and in that question, how much does it cost you to make? It means we need to pay people lower wages to make the goods and we need to buy raw materials at a lower rate. Because capitalism necessitates a lower working class. And we'll talk more about that when we talk about the plight of the worker. But in short, in order for us to pay as little as possible when it comes to creating goods, it means we need people we can pay very little to make those goods. We need a lower working class. This is why we outsource the manufacturing of goods. This is why we have foreign workforces, because uh, in foreign countries there is less regulation, and because there's less regulation, those workers uh, are, are able to work longer hours, and they're able to work at lower pay, which means the cost of labor and manufacturing a good depends on the exploitation of those workers in foreign countries. That's why we outsource jobs to foreign countries, because it's cheaper for us to produce goods there. And not only is it cheaper cheaper for us to produce goods in foreign countries because the labor costs less, the lack of regulation in foreign countries means that also the raw materials cost less, because there are fewer environmental regulations on the acquisition of the raw materials that manufacture those goods. And so companies with less regulation can go out and mine metals or minerals or get things out of the environment that they need. They can clear cut rainforests. They can do whatever it is they need to do because there's less regulation to acquire raw materials at a lower cost. And so the lower cost of raw materials is rooted in the destruction of the environment. The lower cost of labor is rooted in the exploitation of workers. And as Uh, shareholders are separated from the day-to-day operations of a company. For the most part, shareholders don't know the plight of the worker in a foreign country or the effects on the environment and the acquisition of those raw goods. And so because the foundation of capitalism is profit and there is little to no oversight from shareholders about how businesses go about their day-to-day operations, in perpetuity, what the shareholder sees is my black line is ascending, meaning I'm making more money. And all the while, we're separated by ignorance from the way people are treated and the way the environment is treated. And the last thing we're going to talk about today around this idea of profit is that profit is driven by charging the highest possible amount while attracting the optimal number of customers. And so not only do we see kind of this exploitation on the back end of the environment and of the worker, we also see this kind of mathematical equation that businesses go through to say, how many of these things can I sell or do I need to sell or should I sell at what price to sell as many of these as possible? And again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's built in to the capitalist system. I think theme park tickets are a good uh, example of this. So, you know, theme park tickets over time gradually rise kind of one price increment at a time. And every time people see those prices rise, they kind of think, oh, geez, why is it getting more and more expensive? And it's because there are a limited number of people who can enter into a physical space every day. And so theme parks are asking, as we grow our marketing, as we grow in our brand awareness, as the overall uh, income of the world's population grows, allowing them to travel, how much can we charge to get X number of people in our gates every day? And personally, I still think a theme park ticket, even at $100, is a good deal because compared to going to the movies, you get way more out of a theme park in a day for $100 than you get out of a movie for $15 for two hours. Blah, 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 blah. I'm pro theme park. Yay. Love it. But as we look at anything in a capitalist system, system, we see the desire for profit means that we'll charge the highest possible amount by attracting the optimal, optimal number of customers. There's nothing altruistic or philanthropic about a business's structure. Their goal is to get as much income as possible. And that is the main drive of a capitalist system. And I'll wrap it up where I started. There are some wonderful people who are doing business. There are some amazing businesses that exist. At the same time, I think it's really important for us to be asking questions, important questions about what our capitalist system means for us, what it means for our friends and neighbors, what it means for strangers around the world, and what it means for our environment as we pursue profit, and how we can begin maybe doing that in a really responsible way. Tomorrow, I'm really excited to be talking about the effects of technology on our economy. I think as technology becomes more and more a part of our everyday life, lives, we see it doing some really wonderful things. But in the same way, there are things that we should be looking to the horizon uh, regarding technology. And then... A couple days from now, we'll talk about the plight of the worker. And then I'm really excited to talk about what maybe some of the solutions may be. There are lots and lots of resources when it comes to understanding capitalism and the pursuit of profit and how all of these things affect our daily lives. I would encourage you. To do some googling and to do some research, uh, there's a podcast called Planet Money that talks about money in really interesting and compelling ways. So if you want to know more, I would direct you direct you to them. They have some great interviews with really smart people that have some great insights. Uh, subscribe to this podcast because I would love for you to continue this journey. I'd love to hear from you. What are the things that you think are most interesting? What are you? What are some things that you, in this podcast, just completely didn't care about? What are some ways that you thought I was wrong or missed the boat or some things I should think about? Or what are some of your thoughts when it comes to the pursuit of profit? I'd love to hear from you. So let's connect on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook at Cole Neesmith. This is Cole talking helping you open your hands to embrace a life life of depth and creativity. See you soon.